What's going on? Welcome back to the No Clue Podcast, episode 216. We are back. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Mike. And I'm Tyler. We are back. Uh, Interesting Eastern Conference Finals. Arguably the most interesting Eastern Conference Finals of all times because we almost got to see history. Uh, <laughs> we almost got to see history made, but we didn't as... um. We talked about last time, uh, Boston and Miami. This is a very weird series. Um, three in a row for both teams. Uh, came down to game seven. And Miami looked pretty good. <laughs> um, but first, obviously, we have to talk about Boston. Boston lost this series uh, after three game comeback to make it to force it to game seven. Um yes. what do you think about their game seven performance? Um it was shocking how unprepared they looked. Mm-hmm. Like they they had like they, they had a stat of them playing well in elimination games. Yeah. <sighs> But, again, I just – they came out unprepared. They couldn't really match Miami's focus. Yeah. They didn't really play to their strengths. Yep. You know, all all the things that made Miami clearly the better team, Mm -hmm. Boston just reverted back to all of it. Yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, I mentioned last podcast, I just – it blows my mind the thought of Boston actually watching their film because I just don't, I don't see how they play this team this many times. Miami played more zone this season than any team has since the seventies. Uh, I heard that this morning since I think 74. It's the last time any, any team in the league has played that much zone. So chances are you were going to see zone and Boston made no adjustments to the zone at all um and that that destroyed them that was one one part and then all season long i've been saying it i guess no one else really has been saying it but the contested threes they're the only team in the league with two players on the same team in the top 10 in consistent in contested threes and there are some teams that have two players now but you know players got traded in the middle of the season but Tatum and Brown are the only two teammates that have been teammates all season that were both in the top 10 in contested three-point attempts. Um, and they're actually both in the top five. Uh, and then last year, they set the record for turnovers in a playoff run. And then what what ultimately is uh, leads to their demise, Jalen Brown has eight turnovers in this game. Turnovers. As many as turnovers always. as he had field goals. And he had five fouls. <clears throat> Listen, first, first, I got to say you were right because we had discussed Boston, obviously, as much as pretty much any team. Probably as and all teams combined. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's frustrating is. Like I still fully believe that Boston is is capable of winning the championship. Yeah. Like if anything, both of these playoff runs are are clear indicates that they're good enough. 
Yeah. Yeah. And yet, and yet they, they, the two star players regressed from a year ago. They did. And even more from like two years clear ago. Clear cut regressed. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even like <laughs> you talk about the questionable the the contested threes like yeah. it's worse than that to me. That's that's the least of their problems. It's a big problem, it, but how, yeah, it, how do you take Uh-huh. I just how do you take contested threes all the time yet you abandon the mid-range? Completely abandon it. Like what sense does that make? It doesn't make any sense. I mean, you set the record a year ago for turnovers, you know, and you turn the ball over at practically more. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, you and, know, and again, where where uh-huh. I have to defend myself is I still <laughs> feel like the source of the problem is Tatum. Mm-hmm. I, like, in the, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, the contested threes thing, it wouldn't be a problem if they weren't both top five. Like, they could take contested threes. Don't get me wrong. Think about it. Steph isn't even on the list. Steph's the best shooter He's in the, the league. the greatest shooter of all time. It isn't even in the top ten in contested threes. Tatum and Brown are in the top five. <laughs> so, I mean, Clay was on the list. But, you know, it just... I wouldn't. I don't mind them taking contested threes, but being two of the top five in the league is is a big problem. Um, and at this point, it's a culture thing for me. I get it. Tatum is a big issue. How Tatum plays shapes their culture in a way. But at this point, now, I mean, you saw in this game, Tatum was out hobbled for most of the game, and the culture still was bad. And we. And you know, I'm. I heard reports today that Brogdon was hurt. I didn't see Brogdon get hurt. Did you see him get hurt? No, like the game he missed, I was shocked. Yeah, yeah. And then he played the next two, but he just like they just didn't play him. So I, that that was interesting. Um, but the the turnover culture, the bad shot culture, is is the team at this point to me. And yeah, Tatum may make it worse, and he may do it, do all the bad habits the most. But this team, man, I mean, did you see Horford's first shot in this game? The three? Oh, God. Oh, God. He, like, is the quickest trigger I've ever seen him shoot with in my life. In all my years of watching Horford, and I loved Horford in college, I've never seen him shoot a shot that quick, ever. And it was in someone's face. Like, he was Steph. I'm like, what, what was that? To start the game, that's what we're doing. That's your warm up shot. <laughs> oh man. So that I, I then, honestly you know, I hate that this series even went seven. In what way? Like the, the, the three games Boston won has created this weird notion that they're almost as good as Miami. Like if <laughs> if this series proved anything, it's Miami's on another level. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. I agree. Miami was missing the, the two, like the second and third. I mean, I know Oladipo's hurt, and you know you could argue if he's washed, 
but overall, he's still a top five right. scorer on this team. They're missing probably the second and maybe fourth best scorer on their team. And still beat them, you know, in four games. Had better depth, better yeah. rotation, and the yeah. role players played better. I mean, they did. listen, I, there's a lot of talk about everything but Jason Tatum because he rolled his fucking ankle. I know. Like, what about the other three games? One game. Lost? First of all, first of all, you said the culture remained even though he got hurt. That's because he stayed on the fucking court. He stayed on the court he, and he still found a way to take bad shots. He did. He did. And it's like, the Brown dude, is- dude, all uh, listen, listen, I've hurt my ankle a bunch of times playing. I, I've yeah. come back. I, like, I haven't really had ankle injuries that I couldn't come back in the moment from, at least mm-hmm. to finish that game. Yeah. Like, wh- why are you only hobbling on landings? Mm-hmm. Like, why are you even out too. there just to get up and down the court? Like, you, yeah. you didn't elevate the energy, didn't make a hustle play, didn't say a fucking word to Jalen Brown when he's he's embarrassing himself. Jalen Brown embarrassed himself, yes, but definitely. And Jason yeah. Tatum was like just out there. Oh, he's hurt. Okay, then go sit down. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. he played flawless, bro. He played flawless, limp-free defense on everybody on Miami, except for when he checked Jimmy Butler, who he just let go by. Yeah, he did. Like, yeah. what am I supposed to take away from that? I don't know. I mean, I, my thing is I don't judge anyone. I don't say anyone's hurt if they're playing. I mean, if you're hurt, don't play. Because if you play, I'm going to judge you playing. I'm not going to judge as if you were hurt because I don't know how hurt he was. Right? I've twisted my ankle and finished the game. It's not that serious. I mean, it happens. So I'm not I'll saying he what. was. I'll tell you This what. was broken. What? Good. If he, you, you've rolled your ankle before. You miss a layup. You don't blame it on the fact that your fucking ankle hurts. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I'm not disputing that he was in pain, but if you're not limping in your defensive stance, if you're not limping when you shoot the fucking ball, like, can can I get something more than you just being out there as a decoy? Yeah, that's basically what he was. That and they, was just insane to me. And and the big thing to me, uh, that part of it to me was a lot of coaching, a big coaching problem because at some point, Missoula, if you know he's hurt, you got to switch it up. The five-out thing, him just standing on the wing, he was just kind of in the way on offense a lot of times. If he wasn't attacking, he was just like, Yo, are you gonna set a screen or like, you know, get out the way if you can't if you can't attack? But and I I mean that's on Tatum as well. But at the same time, Missoula, you have to look out there and say, all right, Tatum, you know, I see you're hurt. You got to get to the high post. You got to get down low. You know, run the baseline or something. But you can't be out there like at the top of the key when they're trying to run the offense. He can't, and he's not moving. He was a Thank demon you. out there. Go to he the corner, bro. Every hurt yeah. player ever goes to the corner. Yeah. Or at least post up. I mean, something. 
It, but we haven't seen. That's the thing. We haven't seen any adjustments from them all year. And I know I get it. Missoula is kind of like a strong-willed guy. He has this system that he thinks should work. But at the same time, there has to be some kind of uh, consult between your best players and your coach to say, hey, man, this isn't it. Or, hey, let's try something else. Let's do that. I mean, we, we get it from guys that we know are bad teammates. We know we hear the Westbrook stories. He talked to Darvin Ham about where his position is and how he could do better at his position. We heard the the Harden stories. He's talked to coaches and had these meetings with coaches and late night hotel pull ups about how to change what's going on on the team. Like Jalen, Jalen and Jason are just out there just doing whatever all the other guys are doing. And that, again, that's that tells me it's a cultural issue because I mean Jalen Brown the transition pull ups where he has to like cock his knees in the air from 25 feet like that's not a good shot it's <laughs> it's never a good shot it never looks good i haven't seen it go in and, and he, he still jacks he takes it. it with like he takes it with like michael porter jr confidence <laughs> like what what is going on is <laughs> that's that's the strange part of it and uh that, like i said that tells me it's more than just tatum and i don't get me wrong I do think Tatum is a big part of it. I think Tatum started it and probably the reason it keeps going. But at this point, it's like, man, Smart and White are the only guys out there who look like they have a high basketball IQ that I don't see really make a lot of mistakes. Yeah, Smart maybe takes some risks. He probably takes more risks than he should. But I don't necessarily consider them mistakes. Um and then White just played flawless in these last few games. White was White was fantastic. He was the best player on the Celtics in this series, in my opinion. Um, and I know he's Overall, not the best I player, agree. but he he played the best. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, this is this is rough. And back to Missoula. Um, I just I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. I I don't want anyone. I don't really like saying people should lose their job. I really was hard on uh, Steven Silas, and, you know, I know he went through a lot this year. I'm glad he's okay, but Missoula, man, this isn't it. And maybe it's not his fault. Like I said, the culture's been like this since Stevens was there. I dogged, I dogged them when Stevens was there for the same reasons. Bro, they, they clearly regressed from Udoka. And... What's what's funny? What's funny to me is how both. So go bear with me. So Golden State and Boston were both in the finals last year. Golden yeah. State pulls it out. You know, uh, they c- come into this season and both have these wild right before the season situations that kind of m- completely torch the beginning of their season. Yes, in yes, Golden State. Golden State, who loses to to L.A. in large part because A.D. was just everywhere defensively. Mm -hmm. After the series, after the series, it's like, yo, you know, uh, Draymond punching pool clearly, like, fractured the locker room. You know, it clearly messed up the chemistry of the season. Yeah. Uh, That's not why you lost to L.A. It's not at all. That was a so it's, it's and we to, talked about it. To me, it that was, was a big bizarre. 
Yeah, and, you know, we talked about on here, that was a big, like, it was a depth versus no depth issue in that series. And if you're, you, you know, Warriors only have 100%. six good guys. Lakers went, like, 11 deep, and everyone played good off the yes. bench. Everybody. It was just, you know, and, it was just a rough AD, series. AD's not letting anyone get layups, so it's like jump shots aren't falling. You know, there's only so much you could do. Yeah, and you know, I I get the pool but, but, was affected by the Draymond thing, but he was ineffective in that Lakers series because he couldn't get to the basket. He played. He didn't play well against Sacramento. Like he he just no, didn't, he didn't play well. He didn't take a step forward as a player. No, he didn't. Not in the playoffs. At least. Like I, I'm not attributing. I'm not attributing that to Draymond punching him to start the season. Right, six eight months ago almost. So. But with Boston, but with Boston, and I made this mistake. Uh-huh. I trusted that this group had been together long enough. I trusted that they'd be motivated by the fact that they lost. They'd be yeah. motivated, like they'd learn from their mistakes and they would minimize like what got them beat against Golden State. Right. And and none of that came to fruition. Like nah, under Missoula, they got worse in every way. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. I think about this series. They they made a mm-hmm. run to come back into the series because mm-hmm. of the ball movement. Yeah, like it looks great. How is, that, even, how is that something you have to to like? That you has to click four games into a series. Yeah, four and five. It looks fantastic. I don't know why it had to click. I don't know why it took that long. It should take one loss to figure that out. Again, they they cannot possibly watch film. I just don't believe it. I don't. At I don't all. know. There's no way. There's no way. But but last year, like there was uh-huh. some kind of switch defensively that they had. Mm-hmm. And and that switch defensively would routinely get Brown and Tatum easy opportunities. Yeah. Dude, dude, like I'm watching the, the second half of this series. And again, Boston went three and one. Mm-hmm. And Boston's defense sucks. Mm-hmm. The the Caleb Martin heated up in game two, and he never cooled off. Never. Like he's a and they acted like player. He... How does that even like? Mm-hmm. They acted like he was like a one game fluke. It, I know for six games. Yep. Yeah. Like in game seven, it's not even the commentators are like, "Well, like Caleb Martin, if you didn't know, like look at the numbers, he's been averaging this." Yeah. Yeah, man, Boston. I thought would make an adjustment. Robert Williams was rendered useless. Al Horford mm-hmm. couldn't check a soul out there. I mean, mm-hmm. Duncan Robinson is coming into the game, and you're letting him get open threes. Not only was he getting open threes, he was getting face cuts in front of Horford. In front of like I've never seen layups. Duncan Robinson get so many layups. And he was cutting like right in front of people. Like he was just, oh, look, there's Duncan Robinson. And he catches it and lays it up right on people. And um, 
you know, that's never been his game. But, you know, he made it look good in the series. Boston made him look good, at least. Dude, everybody looked good for Miami. That's where I was shocked as this series went four, five, six, seven, and it shouldn't have. Yeah. Like, Boston is allowing th- – this is kind of I, – I overlooked this with Philly because mm-hmm. Boston allowed most of Philly's guys to play well. Yeah, or at least get good shots. Because in the last game, last two games we talked about, um, Tobias, Melton, um, P.J. Tucker, uh, who else they have out there? Um, Max And Maxi were all getting good looks. They just weren't making them. Tobias yes. started the game out, yes. hit his first three. Sixers were up, and then like he went really, really cold. I mean, ice cold. And then they just fell out of the game because they just stopped making. He had wide open shots, wide open shots. Honestly, man, honestly, what really told me that Boston is like not on Miami's level is mm-hmm. Game Six how Boston was technically winning most of the game and Jimmy and Bam were missing like warm-up shots. Yeah, Jimmy missed a lot of easy ones in that game till the end. Bam was missing everything in the paint, which like I just, to me again, Boston, you're not creating turnovers. That was like the, the best aspect of your team last year. Yeah, yeah. Bam was missing a lot of those little short jumpers that he likes. Um, and, yes. you know, I I thought there was a moment where he should have just relaxed because he was missing a lot. But then um, Jimmy, you know, started taking over at the end. Um, they just couldn't pull it yes. out by a miracle. I mean, and the thing is, after that game, I don't know how people really picked. I mean, I do know how. But after that game, it was hard to pick Boston in game seven because, like, they yes. kind of just lost 100%. this game. I mean, yeah, they got lucky at the yes. buzzer, but how are we coming into this game with confidence when we blew the end of this game? And Miami kind of came in with the same momentum they had in that fourth quarter. And it, and the thing is, Miami really didn't play like fantastic in game seven. They just played like good or just okay. Boston just played really bad. They shot really bad and um, the turnover was really bad, but Miami just kind of played steady. I, I don't think that this game seven was as, uh, that great of a Miami showing to me. No. I I completely agree. But to me, it's, again, it's much more about Boston's failures and Boston's, like, inability to learn from their own mistakes. It absolutely uh, is. Why, yeah. why they paid Missoula in the middle of the season – I'll never just, understand. Just because, like, a good start. But, like, you know, we, that, we've that, seen this. Oh, go ahead. That's like hiring an employee and giving them, like, full, uh, uh, like, salary and benefits and then mm-hmm. looking at their resume. And their resume yeah. is blank. Right. Like, it, or it, what are you, half a season? Or it's like, you know, your company's stock is going up already and you hire a CEO and your stock goes up two more percent. And you pay them as if they're the reason the stock went up 15 percent. Like, no, exactly we going up. Yeah, we were, the stock was already good. Like you just hopped on the train while it was moving. 
And that's kind of how Missoula was in the Celtics situation. And the thing is, we've seen this. Uh, we, we've seen it with um, the Raptors. We saw Nick Nurse take over a good Raptors team, Eastern Conference Finals appearances here and there, Raptors team, take them to the finals after he gets Kawhi and LeBron leaves. We saw Steve Kerr, a really solid Warriors team, probably would have went to the finals if Bogut didn't get hurt. We saw him go straight to the finals uh, and you know, straight to a championship his first year. So this Celtics team was really good, went to the finals, primed for Missoula to just take it just a little bit further. Like maybe they go to the finals again, they win the championship with Missoula. We're giving Missoula all the credit, but this was a Udoka project, a Brad Stevens project that um, they took on while it was moving, right? You got 22, 26-year-olds that are all NBA. You know, you, where can you really go wrong, right? But they went wrong, so. Uh, I'm still on team split it up. No, yeah, you know what I will say about Missoula real quick? Uh-huh. Like, I don't even want to honestly debate what decisions he could have made. Like, he was going up against Spolstra. He was going to lose that battle. The The mm-hmm. coaching mismatch was clear, you know, from the first quarter of the series. My, my yeah, when problem it comes... Is, dude, oh, go ahead. Yeah. I, I just think you cut last year at Boston, again, wasn't flawless. It wasn't a dominant playoff run. They struggled, lost games. But every mm-hmm. time they cut to Udoka on the sideline, he looked like he had Boston exactly where they want to be. Yeah, he did. He definitely did. You cut to you cut to Missoula this year, and every bad call, he's losing his mind. I know. I mean, and he's arguing he, a lot of calls late. He threw the late. clipboard game one. He argues a lot of calls late. Like he's like, "Oh, they just did that." Why didn't we get that four plays ago? Like, if you're gonna argue it, argue it when it happens. But like the, it, it just, it seems. I don't want to say it. Like, I don't mean this in to be disrespectful, but it seems very amateur. Some of the uh, how he behaved on the sideline seems. Yes. Yeah, it seems a little bit. I was gonna uh, say immature, which is basically the same thing. Yeah, yeah, we're saying the same thing. Yeah, inexperienced. Yeah, because he came from the the back row of that Celtics staff. By the way, he wasn't first chair, you know. So I mean, I mean they you, lost you, Damon the Utah Stoudemire. guy was supposed to take over, right? They lost Hardy. They lost Damon Stoudemire too, who I think was going to be next in line. So um, yeah, but he was already fielding offers all last summer, and then got the uh, I believe Georgia Tech job. So, yeah, man, I mean, it was either him or Evan Turner, I guess. <laughs> they made the right choice there. At least somebody made a good choice. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll give it to him, yeah. I'm, I'm with that one. <laughs> All right. Uh, now, um, oh, I was going to say, I completely agree with you as far as the Spo versus Missoula. It didn't matter. Spolster was going to win that battle, especially when it comes to game preparation, game-to-game preparation. It wasn't going to be close. I was hoping Missoula made some in-game adjustments to help them. And I'm not saying that they he would have made in-game adjustments to like be better in the Heat, but they were struggling in certain ways. That I was thinking, okay, 
Jalen Brown, every time he brings the ball up court, it's turnover. Let's stop him from bringing the ball up court. Every time, you know, uh, Tatum's not getting any good looks. Maybe let's set him some screens. Maybe let's get him in the paint. But none of that stuff happened. So that's the kind of stuff that I was looking for where, yeah, it might not have. I mean, Spolcher might have just switched something up too. But Celtics played the exact same for seven games. And just some games they shot good. Some games they passed more. And the other games they didn't. You know, you're not going to. When they when they passed more, they killed Miami's zone. Killed it. And Celtics' biggest issue is the way they play and how they shot threes this year and contested threes. They have to be hot to win in these games. And like the really tough teams, you have to be hot or on fire. And you don't want to. I mean, you shouldn't have to be on fire to win a close game. You shouldn't have to be. Jimmy was off, and they, I mean, you know, multiple games, Jimmy was off in the series, and they won the game. But Boston, they have to be, you know, Tatum has to almost have a historic night every time they want to win a game. And that's not good. You know? It's tough. Man. I've been on team uh, split it up. Remember you said about Tatum? What about him? I, you remember you said, I don't remember, it, this wasn't that long ago, but at one point you said how the the Brooklyn series against KD was kind of his yeah. peak, like the best you've seen him. Yeah, I said, I texted you that. His, playoff, there, run, yeah. his playoff run is over. Did uh-huh. he look like that once? No, not at all. Not to me, not once. I think... Not once. Not a single game. I think there was one Philly game where he looked really, really good. I don't remember the game, which game it was, but he had a really good game in Philly. That was like, I oh yeah, Tatum's defense. Yeah, that, that's the other thing. He didn't play any defense. No, that net series was, that they game lost seven was great. Mm-hmm. That net series hot. that they lost, like he was fantastic. He was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was he was nothing like that. And I mean, and Brown has had some really good series. I think Brown was good all last last year, even though he was a turnover machine. All last uh playoffs, um, I I really liked how Brown played overall. But you know, it's not enough if you're gonna turn the ball over that much and you you're gonna be a hacking machine. You know, I think he averaged four fouls a game in the series. I just don't know. I don't I don't know and what you can do not with that. Good fouls. Not good fouls at all. Offensive fouls a lot of times. Um, you know, it's just it's tough, man. It, it it's really, really tough. I, I still I still think I know, you know, I know Brogdon was the answer, six man. I know Derek White brings the ball up court, but they're still missing that guy that can control the game. So you don't have to have Tatum and Brown try to control the game because they can't do it. Like, they've shown multiple times they cannot control the game. If the game's in their hands, the game's going to be out of control. And, I mean, I love Marcus Smart, but he's not that guy either. He's become like a 3 and D point guard, which, you know, that's his own situation. But they're still missing someone who actually has, like, a really high basketball IQ that can control the game and create shots for others. And I think Brogdon does a pretty good job, like, not 
turning the ball over. He only takes good shots, but I don't really see anyone else take good shots because he's out there. It's it's rough, man. That's why I feel like it's the culture. I wouldn't be surprised. I, I mean, I would be surprised because I know I have like a lot less patience than others, but I wouldn't be surprised. Like, blow the whole team up, trade everybody. Because at this point, like, I don't really know. It's so hard to pinpoint what would make it better. I don't really know what would make him better at this point. Because you bring another new coach in for one year, do they go back to the finals? Do they win the championship? Maybe not. It's like, so I've seen better teams blow it up. That's the only issue. I've seen much better teams, much more well-coached teams, more consistent talent to say, all right, we can't get where we want to get. Let's, let's just start over. They're young enough. They have a lot of young pieces, but soft season is going to be interesting, like we mentioned. So I don't know. Before we move on, though, let me ask you: Would you uh, pay? I, I still believe Brown? in them. Would you pay Jalen Brown yes. the two ninety five? Yes. Yes. Oh, you're a maniac. You're a maniac. I, I look. I still believe in this duo. Maybe, you know, at this point, I'm the Boston apologist, I feel like. Uh, no, you're I can't, not the only I one. I'm, I cannot. I'm not defending Brown's game seven. He was, again, he embarrassed himself. He looked like his He's, left. He looked like he was playing one handed at one point. Every time the ball went to his left, the, Miami took it away. He had Duncan Robinson Jesus, stripped like, uh High Smith clean super clean strip uh oh no that was tatum highsmith stripped i think and then um jimmy jimmy butler clean strip clean the no contact around of all things yeah no he didn't even touch him just easy strip it's just you know it was it was rough and they're lucky oladipo went out there because last year oladipo terrorized oh, brown terrorized brown for like a Remember, like the solid six minutes, Oladipo was strapping Brown. It was like, yes. it was so bad. So they're lucky. They got lucky. They didn't have Oladipo out there to be the defensive stopper. They didn't even need him. He got eight turnovers without Oladipo out there. So, yeah. It's, it's Look, bad, man, man. I, I just I, I think, think people... I think. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I just think Boston. Like they've shown me to that they're good enough. Brown and Tatum have to learn to play without the basketball. Like, yeah. At their worst, they co- continue to devolve into just drive and kick. Like, what the? What is that? They're the only team that, even though they have two guys who are like top 10, 15 players, both of them. Mm-hmm. They play this random like drive and kick, like you go, I go, like he goes. Everybody who could hand, who could dribble the basketball and is athletic, you could go. Yeah, where is the structure? There's no structure. You notice Miami. Miami will go to something. Miami every time the game got close, and this happened in every round Miami played in. Mm-hmm. They'd come down and they'd run the same basic thing to get like a similar situation. Yeah. And it's it's just so a guy could drive 
just so a guy could like have space, could attack. Yeah. Again, Boston comes down in critical moments and just does random shit. I didn't even see them run any plays. I, I know like the plays aren't really an NBA thing to some people, but I saw Miami run plays, like legit plays. I didn't see any plays from Yes. Boston. Yeah. You know, it what was disturbing sets, to plays. me is Boston had moments. B- Boston had moments where they'd come out of a timeout and they'd run something to get a good shot or a good layup. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, okay, we got our rhythm back. Like, let's go back to drive and kick. Yeah. That's that's yep. never going to work. Or one-on-one three-point jumpers. Is this – yeah. It, it, it doesn't work. And, you know, I, let's talk about Miami now. Um, The patience. I, I mentioned this last podcast. Their patience is amazing. And maybe it looks more amazing because they're playing against a team that – Acts like they only have a 10-second shot clock most of the time. But Miami, I mean, they use all of the shot clock, and not because they can't like they can't get a shot off. They they just haven't found the shot they wanted. And a lot of times they get a great shot off with like four seconds yes. on the clock. And they're not even rushed. They're just like, oh, here it is. There's the there's the open look. Take it. Um, I see a lot of times, and I think Bam holds it maybe a little bit too long, but a lot of times, Bam will catch it and just hold it and look. Let the play develop. Let Jimmy get to his spot. Let Duncan Robinson get a cut. Let um, Vincent come around the handoff a couple times, and then there somebody is wide open, or you know someone has the layup, or Jimmy has the mismatch he wanted, the Rob Williams or um, Grant Williams mismatch he wanted. It's there, but um, that patience was um, was fantastic for them. Everyone moves really well. Um, they they basically eliminated the size uh, differential between them. The size advantage that Boston had, Miami kind of eliminated by moving so much and being so physical. Miami gets away with being more physical than a lot of teams, yeah. I think, because they start the game off physical. Like It's not like, oh, they turn up in one quarter and they start being really physical and then they get called for a lot of fouls. They get away with stuff. And I don't, when I say get away, I don't mean like they're being dirty or they're not like playing good basketball. But I think they they have a lot more physicality because they do it the whole forty eight minutes. And these guys play hard the whole yep. forty eight minutes, and the refs is like, oh, that's just they're just playing hard. Like, oh, that's how they're doing it all night. It's not like a random move, a random act of physicality. So that's something I think um, was really really good by them and you know a lot of their guys just hit hit shots hit big shots what you what else did you think about Miami but, but you positively the, oh go ahead you make the point about them like embracing playing tough mm-hmm. uh I'll make a comparison I think I think Jokic and Gordon do this for Denver who they're about to play and then I yep. thought the Lakers did this very well mm-hmm. where like if the refs are making bad calls it encourages the Lakers and two Denver guys and Miami's like this. It encourages them to be more physical. Mm-hmm. Like that's where I mentioned Missoula freaking out over calls. A lot of times if Brown didn't get a call, he settled the next play. You know, mm-hmm. Tatum didn't get a call, settled the next play. Uh, yeah. Al Horford didn't get a call, settled the next play. 
Yeah. Miami never had that mindset. At no point yeah. did Miami like settle when they had a drive, like avoided contact because they're worried about the game being called weird. Mm-hmm. You know, like Bam, Bam is a guy who'll get called for something, which, you know, like an offensive foul that he commits way more than they actually call it. Yeah. And and he does it the next play. Like, there's no hesitation. There's no, like, you know, let me maybe cool off, let the ref relax. The next he play, the he'll set the thing. exact same screen. Yeah. Yep. And, and that just speaks to Miami's culture, man. Like, they embrace playing together. They embrace competing. And it showed the, the, the entire series to me. It absolutely did. It did. It did. And this was a good coaching job by Spolstra, I think, this entire series. Even in the losses, I think I don't think he overreacted. I think Boston a lot of times just hit shots that they that Miami wanted them to hit, take because, like I said, they play hot sometimes. And they, you know, that first win, first two wins, they were just really hot. They played great. Um, it, it wasn't like a them outsmarting Miami or doing something special to beat Miami. They They just shot well. And I think Spolster was okay with that. Um, I, I just think he did a great job coaching in this series. Um, obviously, we talked to last time. Caleb Martin was fantastic. Gabe Vincent has been fantastic. Um, and you, you saw it when Gabe Vincent missed that game. You saw how much they needed him out there. I think it was game five he missed. It, yeah. You saw how important he was. Um, and, yeah. you know, Lowry didn't shoot that well, but I thought when Lowry was out there, his – him being vocal, him being a, uh, a play initiator, a floor general. I thought he was really, really good. I think he's another guy who's really physical, knows how to how to um, work around the refs, knows how to uh, lead the team. I saw him in the huddles, you know, writing on the clipboard when he wasn't in the game. And that's, that's something that Boston is missing so badly. It doesn't have to be a good player. Just has to be someone that, like, really knows how to – play basketball like organized basketball and Miami um yeah. I noticed that everyone on the team just it just looked like everyone on the team really really knows how to play uh and they you know it, it showed they played hard and they look like a really really good team they just looked like a really good team and they are one um I think the best team won the better team won uh yeah we talked about it I mean all year Boston has the talent uh, but um, Miami has the grit. They they had the structure. They have a good team structure. We won center. Uh, and let's let's move on. Let's Again, move to on me, to, the... to me, I oh, just think. Good. Real quick, I just think, uh, like Jimmy Butler kind of gives Tatum and Brown the blueprint for how they could be a better players. Mm, okay, tell me more. What do you mean? Like to me, to me, Butler doesn't do anything. He doesn't do anything like extreme that you can't replicate. Right. You know what I mean? So I I just feel mm-hmm. like uh Butler's patience, whether Miami, whether his teammates are playing well or not, Butler's patience, Butler's like focus to get to spots he specifically likes. And mm-hmm. to get shots he specifically likes. Yeah. 
I just think like there's a lot of parallels that Boston could learn. If, if Boston is watching film, hopefully it's Miami film. Yeah, I, Cause I agree. I, I just think Miami, Miami kind of showed them a blueprint for how they could be successful. I completely agree. Yeah. If, if Boston played like Miami with the roster they have, they would, they probably would never lose. Um, and yeah. to your point, Tatum and Brown are both, at this point, I would say pseudo versatile, where, yeah, their bodies are versatile. Yeah, they probably could do a lot of those things, but they don't do them. So, our favorite, they're versatile Brown, on paper. Yeah. And Jimmy Butler is, is the, it's kind of the opposite, where his body looks like a, a player that should really be outside more often. You know, he's really athletic, so you think he would catch some alley-oops and dunks a lot, and he really doesn't. He doesn't take a lot of threes. He takes a lot of mid-range, a lot of short-range shots, more than mid-range. A lot of his jump shots are in the paint. And he just uses his strength, which I don't think he's stronger than Brown or Tatum, but he uses it better, and he gets to every spot. And like I said, it's patience. He's patient. You don't. Jimmy doesn't take any bad shots. He may get defended well, but you're not going to – he, you're not going to uh, see him settle for anything that he doesn't want to take. And I think yeah. Jalen, um, especially Jason, has better handles, probably a little more bag. He's taller. Um, he could do more than than Butler. But, you know, again, this culture, he's established his culture. Maybe Brad Stevens has established the culture. It's just not there. And, and – it started when he was young because the first two years we saw it. We we saw where he his versatility. Three years we we saw how much versatility he could have, and his last two years definitely has dropped down a lot. There's no reason that Gabe Vincent should be able to check Jason Tatum, twenty five feet from the basket. So I completely agree. So let's transition into the finals. So congrats to Miami. They got the Nuggets coming up. We talked about the Nuggets a lot here. Um, Who do you think is going to be the biggest X factor? What player? Jamal Murray. Okay, tell me. Tell me why. I think, first of all, he's... He's competing. He's approaching Spida's level of nuclear. Yep. Uh, to I just didn't think a guard could dominate the Lakers as easily as he did. Very easily. And it's like, I just, I don't see Miami being able to slow him down. Right. I agree. I so agree with I, that. I feel again. I still believe the the Lakers were the best defense that the Nuggets will probably face, mm-hmm. and like they just handled them so easily that to me the Nuggets could respond to everything Miami does. But Jamal Murray is is gonna decide the games like he normally does. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, Murray. Uh, I think Murray is gonna have to be. I mean, he probably is gonna be. Finals MVP. Like, if I was going to make a, a vote for Finals MVP, it would be Murray. I think Jokic may have better numbers, but as far as whose impact would be the biggest impact, I would say Murray. But 
believe it or not, I think the biggest X factor in this for me is Michael Porter Jr. And I say this because I don't really know who can guard Michael Porter Jr. on the Heat. I'm not saying he's going to like attack that much, but I I just don't think – I think if he's shooting well and if he's rebounding, I just don't know how you're going to be able to beat Denver because there's no one that can defend his shot on my on Miami, uh, like no one. And then if he rebounds, they, they just don't have enough bodies on Miami to even keep him out of the paint. And, and don't get me wrong, I know Porter Jr. is soft, but I'm saying if I'm saying if he does, if Michael Porter Jr. plays as good as Michael Porter Jr. can play, Denver is just is is going to be easy. It really won't matter like how great Murray or Jokic is if Porter Jr. is that locked in and that involved. But he, you know, it's an outside chance that he is. But um, you know, if you're bringing Cody Zeller in as your next guy. And you got Kevin Love trying to chase, you know, trying to run out there to defend Michael Porter Jr.'s shot. You know, it's it's not gonna work. Who I mean, you have Hayward Highsmith. No disrespect to him. I love him. I'm a I'm a fan now. I think he played fantastic in this series, a little bit that he played. But come on, man. You're gonna try to go out there on Michael Porter Jr.'s shot? No. Zero. I mean, so I, I think that. Miami's a, I, Miami's a team you have to be able to have your shooters shooting. And if Michael Porter Jr. is ready and like hitting his shot, hitting threes, I just don't see how they won't be able to keep getting him open because I do think Murray's going to be nuclear. I do think Jokic is going to be unsolvable. But if Michael Porter Jr. is going to be open a lot, I just, it's going to be tough. I saw how many threes Boston got off. I think he's going to fold. Porter Jr. get some of those threes. You say you think he's going to fold? Yeah, I mean, he is soft. Like you said, he's the only guy in Denver that's pretty much soft. That's true. He's the only guy coming into the finals, which Denver hasn't been to. He's the Mm -hmm. only guy I'm worried about the moment will be too big for him. Right. But if it isn't, it's over. That's that's my thing. I, I completely agree. That's why I say he's the X Factor, because if he is good, I'm count. I'm counting on him not, but if he is, it's a wrap. Like it's over. This is really nothing that Miami can do if Michael Porter Jr. is locked in for this. Um, but to your point, I do think he's soft, and I do think it's a real outside chance that he is locked in. And I think he may be unplayable late into the series if they make if they go to seven. Think, Michael Porter. Jr. I think we're gonna start. see a lot of Jeff Green in this series. <laughs> exactly. It's very possible. Very possible, but um, curious to see that. Uh, do you put any stock into Tyler Hero coming back? Let me. No, not at all. What were you gonna I say? Would be shocked if he came back. Uh, I'm uh-huh. I'm more curious. Who do you think the biggest uh, matchup X factor will be? Obviously, uh... hypothetically, but. Uh... How do you think? Who do you think match up the most? I don't know. It's tough because I don't know who Jimmy is going to guard. Like if Jimmy's guarding Murray, I think I think that's the most interesting matchup. I think Jokic is going to destroy Bam. I get no disrespect to Bam. I know I disrespect him a lot on here, but 
it's yeah it's gonna bam, be bam is, is is coming out to prove you wrong this series okay <laughs> yeah he's gonna have to prove me wrong this series um as but as far as matchup uh yeah i think yeah i think whoever i guess it would be bruce brown and and jimmy i think i, I think that would be interesting because i think jimmy's really active and Bruce Brown is active. I'd like to see who keeps who from making those random plays. Like, does Jimmy stop Bruce Brown from randomly coming in for, like, a tap dunk or for doing the, like, making the big-time steal and getting the breakaway? Like, Bruce Brown makes all these highlight big, big plays. Is Jimmy going to be the kryptonite to those moments? I I know that's kind of I know that's not really a good answer, but I don't know who else it would be because I don't think anyone else could stop Bruce Brown from doing that stuff. But his the things he does on the court for the Nuggets has been such a big part of their playoff run. And um I think that yeah. should be Miami's focus is making sure Bruce Brown doesn't get his hands on the game because he's been determining games. I really only think Jimmy's the guy. I think Jimmy's the only one who can do it. To, to be honest with you, the more I'm thinking about Denver's like complete playoff run through the West, mm-hmm. uh, Bruce Brown has been their third best player. Absolutely, yeah, and, like he by has. a significant margin. He has, and, yeah, and he's been like like a solo bench catalyst. Like he, he he's has. been a, a sixth a playoff sixth man by a mile because he's single handedly make makes Denver look deep. He I mean he is exactly and, and what you want out of a sixth keep... man. A hundred percent. And me and yeah. you have talked about Denver really only going like seven eight deep. It's because of him. Yeah, they don't need anybody else. It's because he, first of all, anybody gets in foul trouble, Bruce Brown could come in for them and fit perfectly. Yep. yep. Like like you said, he's making highlight plays like every every couple trips down, it seems like. He does. He does. You know, he's a constant mismatch. So uh, to your point, man, I, I think he's easily the third most important player for Miami to contain. Yeah, he is. Yes, and, and I, I, I think would, if I would if actually he, if he gets to dictate the the bench real quick, I I think it's over. I would actually argue he's the second most important, only because he does so many other things. Like I think, in my opinion, I've said it on here a lot. I think Murray is probably, to me, the overall best player on Denver. I think I know Jokic is the best player, but as far as like in a game, I'm more more worried about Murray than I am Jokic, right? If I'm the other team. Because I like I kind of know what Jokic does, and he still he still does center things. He's still gonna give me the twenty and fifteen, thirty and fifteen, whatever. He's still a really good center. Murray, I know I don't know what Murray's ceiling is scoring, right? So that worries me more because I don't know if Murray's gonna get sixty in a game, right? Like I, he's a little more dangerous in that way to me. But then to me, Bruce Brown being able to affect so much of the game. Bruce Brown will come out and get and have the second most assists on the on the team. He'll have the most rebounds on the team. He'll uh have the most steals. Like I never know 
he's another guy. I never know what his ceiling is in a game. Like, I don't know how much he's going to affect the game. Um, He may mess around and be finals MVP. He could have the same impact that Iguodala had when Iguodala won his finals MVP. Absolutely. I wouldn't be surprised. Absolutely. That's exactly who I was thinking of. Yeah, so, and, and that's why I said, I think, I don't know who else could stop him other than Jimmy, because Jimmy is the same guy. He he makes those box outs. Uh, I mean, he's the one who would have to box him out. He makes those huge offensive rebounds. He gets those, wow, where did Jimmy come from kind of plays. And um, he would be the guy that would have to keep Bruce Brown under control. Because if Bruce Brown gets out of control, I mean, the whole Nuggets team is on fire. Yeah, he he has that badge on 2K that when he is on fire, everyone's skills get boosted up that's he has that yes if Bruce Brown's playing good and everybody and dude, all of a sudden plays great and Bruce Brown man like again he's so good he was attacking every mismatch in the the western conference rounds he was deloading attacked him relentlessly d book attacked him relentlessly uh i don't even minnesota whoever was guarding him he attacked relentlessly Yep. Like yep. The, the Miami Miami has been getting away with playing non-athletes because they play to their strengths, they've been, mm-hmm. you know, sneaking in zones and they've played poorly coached teams. Well, at least they yeah, just they played have. a poorly coached team. Yeah. I'd make a absolutely. case, you know, Milwaukee fired their coach, so you could kind of make that case also. But yeah. To me, like they just they have to i don't even know how i want to put it necessarily but they they can't allow bruce brown to dictate who's guarding who mm, yeah yeah you're right because he's been able to do that every round I, I i would i didn't really expect him to be that good but he's done it every round he's eliminated weak links from other teams rotations Something where yes. I thought somebody would expose Miami that way. Yeah. And and he's really the only guy to me. So I, I think Miami's got to be real careful with who they throw out there, you know, for a few minutes here and there. Yeah, you're right. You're, you're absolutely right. That That is going to be really interesting. Um, all right, let's go ahead. And let's call it. What do you got? Who you got? Mm, putting me on the spot. I really this. this you didn't think about it. Obviously, could go either way. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, Miami's like a heavy underdog. That's just nonsense. I'm I'm done doubting Miami. By the way, yeah, it, hypothetically, my, everything in my basketball brain tells me Denver in six or five or six. Yeah, but I'm gonna stay reasonable, and I'm gonna pick Miami in seven. Miami in seven. I'm gonna Miami go Nuggets in seven. I'm gonna go Nuggets in six. I'm gonna be your brain, your basketball brain. <laughs> I'm going okay. Nuggets okay. in six. But I, I pick six. I know I pick six a lot, and I feel like I'm being real, uh, non-committal by picking six in like every series. But it's only because a lot of times I, I wouldn't be surprised if it goes the other way. Right, I don't think it's a complete toss-up because I do think Nuggets, the Nuggets are better, 
but I wouldn't be surprised if it did go to seven. So that's why I picked six. Uh, in this in this case, I do think the Nuggets will win in six. But would I be shocked if Miami won in seven? Not at all. Would I be shocked just if Miami pushed it to seven? Not at all. I wouldn't be surprised if Miami came out and blew the Nuggets out the first game. Uh, Nuggets have had a long time off, um, which can be good yes. and can be bad for a lot of reasons. I think um, this team has a lot of guys who are injury prone, have been out for a long time. So I, I get worried when you come out from a long break into a real high intensity game. You got guys who are prone to injury, um, who could get stiff after a while. Uh, you, you know, you have all those situations, but yeah, I'm going to go Nuggets. I'm going to go Nuggets in six, man. I think Nuggets. I don't know. I don't know how Miami slows them down, but we'll go after two games. So you know, yeah, you know how I'll, I'll, yeah, we'll be we'll be back shortly. But um, mm-hmm. you know how I'm I'm really I really believe in Miami at this point. Why? Because yeah. when after Game Seven, they played that uh, Jimmy Butler clip of them losing last year, and him sitting there saying. Next year, we're going to be back in this exact same situation and we'll get it done. And it's almost yeah. like they, they like blew a series on purpose to put themselves in the same situation and yeah. got it done flawlessly. And like yeah. all the pressure was on Miami not to blow it. Yeah, it was. So at this point, like the stars are aligned. Jimmy has just been insane the whole playoff run. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm sticking with him. He he also um I was watching the uh what is it the French Open now the Roland Garros and uh, Coco Golf who I guess has a is cool with Jimmy Butler said that Jimmy told her last year when we get back to the finals you know do you want tickets and she was like what do you mean like that's next year he's like yeah we're going to the finals you want finals tickets next year and and she was like I just I didn't even know what to say, and that was like before the season even started. Oh man! So, so he, I mean, it's been on his mind. So, yeah, I, I, I would be happy with Dude, either that win. That line surprised. he also hit. Yeah, I, I'm not like I don't. I'm not rooting for either team over the other. But uh, did you see he said like they asked him something about uh, role players, and he was like, "I call them my teammates." <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I was like, I like man, that. Jimmy just is effortlessly a legend. He is. He's doing. He's getting. He's getting better and better as a leader. I think it's very slow, but it is happening before our eyes. Uh, but but you know what yeah. I think? I think he's a very specific leader. Like, he is. You know, he couldn't go to any team and just lead, you know we saw him fail as a leader in other places. Mm-hmm. But Miami has the exact culture for him. And we've talked about this a lot. I think a lot of people have. But mm-hmm. him and Miami, like, are, are truly uh, a match made in heaven. They are. They play really hard. And he's he has a, guy, a lot of guys that are hungry for their careers. Because, they're I mean, a lot of undrafted guys who this is their only chance. And they're bloodthirsty, you know. Like, this is their livelihood that they worked really hard to get to. And they're not letting letting it go, right? Um, so they, you got a lot of underdogs on the team, um, a lot of guys who were counted out, and I, I mean this in like a again, I don't mean this to 
emasculate anyone when I say this, but I think that Jimmy has to be submitted to as a leader. And I think a lot, a lot of times that's not easy, like going to a new team. Like if, like in, in Philly, there was zero chance of MB saying, Oh, Jimmy's our leader. Like you just wouldn't hear it. Like he wouldn't, even if he said that he wouldn't mean it. Right. Um, same thing with Minnesota. He had a, yeah, Minnesota, he played with two number one picks, two number one draft picks. They're not submitting to Jimmy as like, oh, you're the man, right? But this team is a lot of guys you know how who that played out. Right. We know how it played out. This team is a lot of guys who really wouldn't even be in the league. I mean, Lowry, I mean, how many teams do you think really want Lowry right now? And he's someone with a championship, with a ring. But I think everyone has come and Lowry you know, and you love. See, yeah, and love. Everyone has come to this team, and you see all of them submitting to who the leader is. Um, so I, I think that's a that's the kind of leader he is. He's someone that you have to buy into. Jimmy, Jimmy's not gonna he's not gonna co-pilot. He's not gonna um, try to make you buy into it. But if you buy into it, if you submit to, yo, Jimmy is the guy, then you know he got you, and you have so he gives those guys so much confidence, so much confidence. And they give him confidence. So, yeah. Um, anything else on the finals? Um. Uh, no. I, I think after the first two games, we'll we'll really deep dive some of the smaller stuff. Um. Uh, real quick, how do you think? Do you think Miami sticks with the zone, and how do you think the zone affects Denver? It doesn't. Den- Denver is nothing like Boston. Uh, Denver understands what their players actually do, what their players... They've both, both Miami and Denver are like a mm-hmm. blueprint for the rest of the conference that like you have to play to your players' strengths. You can't just have like a system of what doing whatever because it's not sustainable. Right. You have to execute things and run a system that like varies shots and generates shots that your players like want to get. And yeah. Denver did that better than anybody in the West. Miami did it better than anybody in the East by a mile. Yep, I, I completely so, agree. To me, there's no way. There is no way. I'm questioning Malone's coaching if Denver like struggles against the zone anything close to how Boston did. Yeah. And another thing is Denver moves. Everyone moves. Everyone is a willing passer other than Michael Porter Jr. But everybody else is a really willing passer. They see open guys and they never stop moving. So I, I just don't, I'd be surprised if the zone is as effective against them at all, because you know, the zone works best when guys don't move like Boston, Boston just played five out. No one moved. It's going to work fine, but um, against Denver, the guys move. Jokic is all over the court. He can make plays from anywhere on the court. Murray can score, and Michael Porter Jr. can score from anywhere on the court, and they're mismatch on anybody. It's going to be tough, yeah. Even if they do a matchup zone, I, I just don't see I don't see how it works. I think they get in major foul trouble if they do the matchup zone. Yeah. Or a two-two-one, whatever they were doing. I'm more curious if Miami goes big or maybe stays small or like tries to force Denver to go small. But 
again, so many things could could play out that uh, as we get deeper into the series, we might have to go game by game, to be honest. I'm down with that. I'm down with it. Uh, I'm sure the listeners will be down with it, too. Um, One more thing. I want to talk about Nurse going to Philly. I, I really liked the headline, uh-huh. the play on words. The doc is in, the, the nurse. I mean, the doc is out, the nurse is in. I thought that was pretty cool. Really solid, solid work by ESPN there. Um, <laughs> you like that? Oh, sorry, I missed that one. I missed that one, so that was my first time hearing that. So I was trying not to lose it. <laughs> the doc is out. The nurse is in. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um, I like it. I also like it. <laughs> we talked about it a little bit. I think this is a great fit for Nurse. You're are you hesitant to say that? You said it's a lateral move. I heard no. that from a lot of people. Um no, no, no. This yeah, it's a lateral move overall because I it's more so because I question Harden and Embiid's character. Gotcha. I feel you. I feel you on that for sure. Yeah. Um, so I, I love, I love, I think Nurse could get through to those guys, mm-hmm. but Harden, Harden to me seems like a lost cause at this point. <clears throat> yeah, I don't disagree with that. Uh, it, it, I think the thing is, uh, the thing I like about Nurse is he's really creative. He's flexible. Um, one thing that a lot of the older uh, more seasoned coaches have they have a system in their mind that they're bringing to the table all the time doc had a system in his mind doc had never had like a center that like had needed the ball as much as Embiid. so he kind of you know this the system in his mind which was you know the lob city pick and roll the garnett high pick and pop uh like, and they the did the high pick and Orlando. pop. Yeah, the they did the pick and pop a lot with MB, but that's really not it. And I think he had a hard time adjusting at times, where it was like, "Yo, you guys just listen to me, and it, it should work fine." I but that really wasn't what this team needed. And we're talking about two completely unique talents. Where he, I don't think anyone has ever really been like Harden. Uh, that big of a scorer yet trying to be a point guard, but really isn't a point guard, but happens to be a really solid passer. The way he draws fouls, the way he attacks, he attacks not worrying about the angles most of the time. Like he doesn't need the elbow angle to get to the backboard. He'll attack right down the middle and get to the backboard and draw fouls. The spaces that Embiid can score at, at his size, it's two very unique talents that, Someone like a Doc Rivers, someone like a, a Dan Tony, some of these older guys who have been doing the same thing for a long time, I think would have a hard time with. But Nurse is someone who's really creative, flexible, and listens to the players. And you always see the players doing what they do best under Nurse, like what they absolutely, absolutely do best or what they want to do. Um. I met I met Nurse many years ago at a basketball camp one time. 
before he started coaching in the NBA, but and he was always he was always very, you know, what whatever you feel comfortable with, I'll just figure it out after that. You tell me what you need to do and let me figure out the rest for everyone else. Let me figure out how to get that into our offense. Uh, and you see that with the Raptors who don't have nearly as much talent as Philly, but you see guys who are flourishing that again, maybe wouldn't even be in the NBA if not, if they weren't on the Raptors and they weren't being able to do what they do best. You see guys taking a big leap forward in their careers under nurse, um, even in a short period of time. Yeah. Uh, like OG Ananubi went from like, you know, it's funny about the Raptors. Uh huh. What? The the Raptors, like, they have a bunch of wings who are worse at dribbling the ball than Brown and Tatum, yet they still turn the ball over much less. Exactly. Exactly, because they don't do too much. Uh, they don't. Like, yeah. OG Ananubi... It's, it's that easy. He should not be a desirable wing in the league. Like, he only is because the step forward he's taken. But, like... Some of the names he's brought up with as far as, like, desirable wings. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, really? But I get it because he's playing fantastic for the Raptors right now. But skill-wise, he's not, like, up there with some of the names I see him mentioned with. I'm not going to, like, talk about it right now. But I think he's a good piece. But on this Raptors team, he's playing, like, way beyond his, uh, beyond what I guess one might think his capabilities are. And I think that's Nurse's specialty. And I think yeah. with guys like Tobias, Maxi, um, uh, McDaniels, uh, I, I think we'll see a lot of that. Even Paul Reed. I think Paul Reed may all of a sudden become like a top tier backup big under Nurse. Like that's the kind of magic that Nurse usually works, you know? Um, so I'm, I'm curious yeah. to see it. And I, as long as Embiid and Harden buy in, I mean, I know Nurse is going to buy into them. And, and uh, as long as they buy in, they'll be all right. But um, I just wanted to send that I, out. I, to I think we're going to get it even better, Embiid, to be honest. Me too. Me too. Me too. I, I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to see it. Um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm not sure why I said it was a, a lateral move, to be honest, because – you know, everything I'm thinking about, they really can only get better. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, everything I, that Doc struggled with, Nurse can improve upon. The thing is, I agree with you. If Harden and MB don't, like, aren't going to buy into it or be positive about it, then it's it's pointless. I, I agree. I mean, right. it, it's pointless as far as how good the team does. I still think a lot of other players may be better under Nurse. But as far as the team's success still only really matters – how well Harden and Embiid play if Harden even stays, but it still really only matters how well Embiid plays at the end of the day. So yeah, if he's not going to be there, not going to be all in, then it, it is a lateral move. But um, if we're talking about them as a complete franchise and everyone stepping up and everyone being all in to them trying to be contenders, I think nurse, I think nurse is a really good guy for the job. I, I just think he's so creative uh, he'll come up with something and it'll be something maybe we've never even seen done. That's the kind of, he's like a visionary in that way to me. Yeah. I don't, not saying he's going to be like the greatest coach of all times, but I'm, I'm I just think excited. he'll surprise us with how this team plays. 
Um, this has the makings to me again. You know, the character questions are there, but this has the makings of a team that could take the final step there because they're I close. Think. And I, I'm hope I'm hoping they run it back. They're close. I'm hoping they run it back. I do think they need a little more experienced talent. If they if they came in with this same team, I think they'll be better regular season wise. I just think they'll win games easier. I do think they'll be better. But when it comes to contending, I don't know if the talent is there yet with you know with the Bostons and Miamis and the Milwaukee's, but I agree with you. I do think they could take a big leap. Because, I mean, we haven't really seen them as contenders. They've had good records, but as a contender, they're not there because they just don't play like it. They don't beat the big teams. They're they're losing to the Nuggets in a must-win situation. They're losing to um, the Eastern Conference teams on primetime nights getting blown out. Like, it happens. And that's something that definitely would have to change before we look at them as that contender, right? So... Um, yeah. What else we got in the league? Uh, anything else? Anything in the news? Uh, no. I saw Monty Williams was a was a top candidate for Detroit. I don't like it. I don't know who would be <laughs> good for Detroit. I don't. I don't even know. I don't know what Detroit should do, man. They should hire like the youngest coach they and can find. Some, have some direction. I I'd like. To- to hire a coach that this is their first time coaching coaching like you know head coaching a nice assistant uh i like the dude from um milwaukee that was looking at you know that was getting some opportunities uh oh adrian griffin speaking of milwaukee that's right yeah yeah adrian griffin got the milwaukee job i I don't know much about Adrian Griffin. I know he has kids that are very talented. His daughter is very good. His son is is good. Um, I don't really know much about his coaching style. I've heard him talk. Seems like a pretty good dude, but you know, I don't know. I don't know about that. It's gonna be interesting. It's. I think it's. It's always really tough for me when you have really good assistants and you interview assistants on your own team and you go outside of the franchise to get another assistant i always think that's kind of i don't know it just seems kind of it just seems weird to me like if you're gonna get an assistant what's wrong with the assistants you have you know yeah no i see what you mean um but i don't know with milwaukee i'm i'm not sure what the coaching adjustment will be necessarily Right, that's true. I don't know either. I don't know. It's, that that I think that's really strange to go with an inexperienced head coach. No disrespect to Griffin, he's been coaching for a long time, been around the league for a long time. He was a solid, solid player when he played back in the day. Um, but I don't know. I have no idea what he brings to this team. Um, I'd like to hear a little bit about his coaching strategy, but. It might be something we just have to see. And they're a tough team because they don't have like a whole lot of ways they can play. They really don't. I think that's one reason why they get beat by some really good teams. Like what more can you do with Giannis than what you already do? 
What I, I feel bad for them, man. I, I still feel like they did something to Jimmy Butler personally because, like, Jimmy went to a, a level that basketball player – like, it doesn't make sense how good he played against them. It just does not make sense. They needed him, man. He turned up. Yeah. But pointing at Drew Holiday like every other play, how I'm specifically cooking this guy – yeah, Again, it just something weird about that matchup to me. If Grant Williams didn't get benched the first three games, he would have got a piece of that too. Well, the first two games, he would have got all of that every game. I just I, Butler didn't take nobody else seriously like he took Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday's supposed to be like a really good defender. It's I I've never been a big Holiday defender guy, <laughs> but supposed to be. I say that because I've always been kind of skeptical about that, but um, Jimmy, he he just wasn't having it. I think he's someone who reads everything that people say, everyone people compare him to. If you have someone else as a solid defender, he's gonna come out there and lock them up. Uh, you know, I I like that's yeah. one thing I oh, like. Yeah, about okay, him. watch this. Exactly, that's what I love about him. Uh, yeah, well, hopefully Adrian Griffin and Jimmy have a relationship so he takes it easy on from now on. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, I wish I had more to say about that for you uh, Bucks fans. I have some – I know some – I personally know some Bucks fans who listen to us. I have no idea what, what's going to happen there. I don't. I think it's a strange hire. Uh, I'm sure you guys do too, but I, I think it's strange. Um, I like Adrian Griffin as a dude, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Sorry. I have nothing to add about that one. Uh, I don't like Monty Williams in Detroit. Like I said, I would like a, I'd rather you hire Jay Wright. Like I'd, you know, I don't know where Jay Wright, what Jay Wright's doing right now, but I'd rather you hire someone like that. He's not Uh, coaching Detroit. I can tell you that. (laughs) It's basically a college team anyway. Like other than okay, Bogdanovich, everyone's by somebody not named Jay Wright. Okay. No, but I'm not saying Jay Wright specifically. I'm saying I'd rather you hire someone from college than Monty Williams. Like, look, think about it. Everyone on that team except Bogdanovich, if they all stayed in school, they'd still be in school. Everybody. Uh, I guess except for Corey Joseph. I don't. I don't know if Corey Joseph's still playing, but. He's still there. There's no way he's still on the roster. I don't know. I don't I, Have you seen a Detroit game this year? Because <laughs> I haven't. I'm gonna I'm gonna say a healthy no on that one. I might have caught yeah. a glimpse of a Wizards game, but I don't. I think I tuned out. Like even though I had the time to watch it, <laughs> I haven't seen one. So again, I have nothing to add about who should be there. I think it should be someone that can can grow with these with the young talent they have because I think they're gonna keep most of those guys. So I think having someone younger, um, inexperienced that could kind of they could have a culture together as a team. I, I think that would be pretty cool. But uh they I don't know what their aspirations are at this point. Just to see how many picks they could get. No direction. This, yeah. Even when they draft, they don't I don't see them drafting like forming a team. They get a bunch of guys that, like, are positionless guys every year. They get someone who I don't know what position they play is. So, 
started with Killian Hayes. I still don't know what he does. What does he do? No disrespect. But I don't know what he does. Uh, Cade, I, I don't know what position Cade play, plays. Yeah. Cade's really good, but I don't know what position he is. He just has the ball well, a lot. All, both of those guys were turning into point guards, and yet they drafted Jaden Ivey. Again. Like, yeah. I know he, what? he's supposed what to be a that? point guard. Yeah, and I know he plays like the position of point guard, but he doesn't like he just comes down court full speed. And like I don't know what he does. Still, he's just yeah. really athletic. Yeah. I haven't seen Jay, I haven't seen Jaden Ivey look like an actual point guard. I'll, I'll admit that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So I again, I play a lot of guys that are like out of position. It's weird. I mean, draft a lot of guys out of position. So forming a team, drafting guys that you you can't even structure together is strange. Um, I think this is the last thing I'll say today. Leave on this note. I think the Suns' job is the most undesirable job in the league. I think guys are running from that job. I I hope we find out that Nick Nurse like turned it down. He did. He did. Oh, he officially did. Okay, I love it. I think that's already been reported. At least that that's what I. At least I thought I read that. Yeah, they interviewed him, and he was like, "I saw nah, he was I'm a top go with this candidate for them." I, I don't even think he called them back, and that's speculating. But I think that Philly job, I'm I'm cool. I'm stay over here. I might just believe it anyway. Well, coaching Aiden Durant and Booker is a nightmare. Coaching CP has been a nightmare. <laughs> Doc lost all his hair. He just has that shadow hairline now from coaching CP. Like, hundred percent. Doesn't even have a relationship with his son anymore, like he used to. Because of CP. <laughs> that was a joke. For anyone listening, that was a joke. Uh, I'm joking, but, but not entirely no, I mean, dishonest. So yeah, it's, it's, CP it's, is a nightmare. And then Durant, you never know if Durant's nah, gonna get Phoenix you fired. Looks bad. Yeah. You never know if Durant's going to get you fired. He's going to bring his homeboy to the team and ruin the chemistry. You never know what's going to happen with Durant. Uh, Bring in a Phoenix legend, Steve Nash. It's coming. It's coming. (laughs) Yeah, because nobody else is going to want that shit. (laughs) Exactly. They won't even take the. They won't even take the promotion. No, I'm cool. Like I like my job as ball boy. Yeah, good luck. Uh, You're getting Doc. It's coming. Doc and CP back together. (laughs) One one last ride. They'll make a documentary. The last, the last dance. I will. I will come on here and cry laughing at Phoenix if they hire Doc. It's possible. It's possible. But uh, no way that that. I'd fire James Jones on the spot. <laughs> hey, you never know. Um. Oh, anyway, uh, thank you for listening, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this. Uh, um, can't wait for the finals. Good luck to Boston this summer. Good luck to Miami. Good luck to Denver. We will be watching, and we will be back very soon. To talk about the finals games. Uh, please subscribe, follow us, hit us up, all those, all the social media things, and uh, we'll see you guys next time.